The Daily Rios, episode 417. New Comics Wednesday, times three. Hey everyone, this is your host, Peter. Rehearsals for the new show I'm directing have started, and although the schedule isn't too demanding, it does make for some busy days here and there, so I owe you all three weeks' worth of New Comics Wednesday recommendations. This would be for November 1st, 8th, and this past Wednesday of November 15th. Because I have a bunch of selections, I'm going to do things a little differently so this episode isn't too long. I'm going to give the titles for each week and just give a few thoughts as to why I am recommending them, as opposed to reading blurbs for everything. This way I can squeeze out a quick episode to catch up. And as always... Check the links in the show notes if you want more information or previews. So let's start with November 1st, 2017. We have Once and Future Queen trade paperback from Dark Horse, Number One with a Bullet from Image, Aquaman the Atlantis Chronicles Deluxe Edition hardcover from DC, and The Encyclopedia of Black Comics, a softcover from Fulcrum. So we start with Once and Future Queen, a trade paperback by Adam Knave, DJ Kirkbride, and artist Nick Brokenshire. They are the creators behind Amelia Cole, and Nick Brokenshire is a comics creator uh, I follow ever since meeting him during a CGS contest years ago. Now, this series originally came out in single-issue form, but was canceled after only issues, oh, I don't know, two or three, So this trade finishes off what would originally have been a five-issue miniseries. This is a spin on the Camelot myths and legends. I think it could be a good choice for younger readers. You could certainly put this next to your trade of Camelot 3000, which also touches on the same myths and legends. But that trade is not for younger readers. And uh, so anyway... This uh, trade paperback, Ones and Future Queen, is for $14.99. From Image Comics, number one with a bullet by Jacob Simon, George Corona, and colors by Jen Hickman. Number one with a bullet explores both innovation and invasion, a stalker story at heart, with a black mirror feel, painting an all-too-real future right around the corner. It was the art that drew me to this one, and it sounds like it deals with new tech and social media, internet fame or notoriety, uh, and other topics. Uh, This is a perfect first issue for a review episode, if I'm ever able to do one. All right, next up, Aquaman, The Atlantis Chronicles, the deluxe edition hardcover by Peter David and Esteban Moroto. This is the epic history chronicling generations of Atlanteans leading to the newly revealed origin of Aquaman for, uh, you know, post-crisis. This was Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones was even a thing. It collects the Atlantis Chronicles miniseries 1 through 7 from 1990, and it would lay the groundwork for the later 90s Aquaman run by Peter David. And this story includes characters like Atlan the Wizard. It involves something called the Curse of Kordax and more. Now, they branded it with the title of Aquaman, right, obviously, even though that wasn't the case originally. It was just called The Atlantis Chronicles, and it really was a different book at the time. It's not a superhero book. 
It's a character book. It's a plot book, a lot of intrigue, a lot of mystery and generational stuff. It's a good read. You should read it. Uh, this is $49.99. And then the Encyclopedia of Black Comics, a soft cover by Sheena C. Howard. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's a focus on people of African descent who have published significant works in the United States or have worked across various aspects of the comics industry. And then you'll get entries with art samples. There are a lot of names that are familiar and a lot of names that are unfamiliar, which is which is exactly the point. And you could probably consider this a volume one, as I'm sure there are people that aren't in this volume that could easily be in another volume. And this is for $23.95 and definitely hits what I like about reference books. Okay, elsewhere on the list for November 1st, you have the metal tie-in books, Batman the Devastator one-shot, and then you have Justice League 32, which is the Bats Out of Hell Part 2 chapter. And then there were a bunch of Part 1s in the whole Marvel Legacy relaunch, Captain America 695, Guardians of the Galaxy 146, the Power Pack one-shot, which was Power Pack 63, and then Spider-Man 234. How about Marvel giving the boot to Axel Alonso? And we have a new editor-in-chief, a new EIC, in Mr. C.B. Sobolski. Now, I've known C.B. to be a talent scout, so I think this is a curious promotion in terms of what he might bring in terms of showrunning Marvel as an EIC, which I know includes... Uh, you know, looking at your creator stable and putting them on the right books. But I, th- I would think that would also have to do with um, a larger vision for Marvel and, and your line uh, in the way that, you know, I sort of think of the way Joe Quesada turned things over when he became EIC back in, what was that, 98, 99, 2000, somewhere around there. And uh, I don't know, maybe an EIC's position has changed since then. But it certainly feels like Marvel Legacy really didn't hit the way it was supposed to. And maybe, maybe the talk is that Axel Alonso is taking the hit for it. So who knows? I guess we will see. All right. Also, one more thing for November 1st. Superman issue 34 is the 800th issue. There is a variant cover with the 800th uh, number behind Superman as a background. So... Uh, I'm curious about these subversive anniversary issues, Uh, and there will be two more that I'll talk about in this episode. Octavia Butler said, every story I create creates me. I write to create myself. So lab number zero is about the myths that we create to create ourselves and also the myths that others create that affects how we are perceived and how people trade on those myths. A few years ago, 2012, I came up with an idea for a magazine. A cartoon newspaper with interviews, essays, and criticism from some of the brightest minds at the intersection of literature, art, and music. That would explore different themes and ideas that are recurring in my work, Um, be it blackness, identity, the appropriation of images, post-colonialism, the idea of a black monolithic experience. I'm interested in blackness as cultural commodity. 
media like the Black Panther, movies I grew up with like Shaft, Superfly, Good Times, which was written by white people, you know, like it shapes so many people and it can be both manufactured and imaginary, but also lethal. What blackness is in the white lens could lead to someone losing their life. In this issue, I've got interviews with Trenton Doyle Hancock, Alexandra Bell, and Saul Williams discussing process, medium, and lens. James Romberger explores the work of Basquiat and how identity affected his formal practice and aesthetic. Jonathan Gale's on Marvel Comics Blade and black male gender performance. And I've got pieces on Blade Runner, THX 1138, ta Black Panther, and more. I would like to make something that if you found it in a barber shop or like someone left it on a cafe table, you could pick it up and read it. And it's like, oh, this is comics, but it's also like maybe some art criticism. And it's tactile, you know what I mean? You can smell a newspaper. And I swear to God, that's an important part of reading a newspaper is just the smell of it. Um, and yeah, you can pass it on. And anytime it's something tactile, it's like when you, when you get a letter from a friend and it's on paper, like that is part of the experience of reading it. I'd like to get this into as many hands as possible. We jump to November 8th, 2017. A lot of recommendations from this week. We have Deuce of Hearts number one from Vault Comics, Force number one from Action Lab, Fallen Sons number one from Chapter House Comics, Fiction House from Pulps to Panels from IDW, Highlander American Dream Trade Paperback, also from IDW, Humbug the Complete Graphic Novel from 451 Media, POS Hardcover from Lion Forge, Port of Earth number one from Image Comics, and Wonder Woman Ambassador of Truth Hardcover. So this is a long list, so let's do just some quick overviews here. We'll start with Highlander, American Dream, a trade paperback. This is by Brian Ruckley, Andrea Muti, and cover by Francesco Francavilla. Scottish swordsman Connor McLeod is back as he navigates through the American Civil War and 1950s Manhattan as he rushes towards the gathering in 1986. Apparently, we're going to see a bunch of familiar faces and some new immortals. But remember, there can be only one I don't know. Is this any good? This is actually a recommendation that I want to hear from someone that might have read it uh, because I'm curious about this. It feels like it's catching on to the craze of continuing properties in comics, such as Buffy, Angel, X-Files, Back to the Future. It's $17.99. I'm curious. Has anybody read it? Let me know what you think. Also from IDW Fiction House, from Pulps to Panels, this is by writer Mitch Maglio, another resource book. It's the entire history of Fiction House, the leading purveyor of good girl art during the golden age of comics, with titles such as Jumbo Comics, Wings, Fight, Planet, Jungle, and more. And then you're going to see works by creators Matt Baker, George Tuska, Lou Fine, uh, Bob Lubbers, Lily Renee. And this is uh, for $49.99. Mmm, comic history. I love it. Love books like this. The Wonder Woman deluge of items doesn't stop. And we get yet another resource book with Wonder Woman Ambassador of Truth, a hardcover by Signe Bergstrom. 
This is an authorized chronicle of Wonder Woman from her origins and role as a founding member of the Justice League to her evolution in television and film. This book examines Wonder Woman's diverse media representations from her wartime comic book origins to today's feature films and explores the impact she has had on women's rights, empowerment, and the fight for peace, justice, and equality. This is $50. We get a little slice-of-life comic from Lion Forge entitled P.O.S., which, yes, does stand for Piece of Shit. It is by writer Pierre Paquette and artist Jesus Alonso. A young man struggles to build a publishing company, find love, and discover who he really is, with his one true trusted companion being the dog who truly seems to understand him. In the end, he realizes that for far too long he has been a self-absorbed piece of shit. So this is an autobiographical story by Pierre Paquette, and feels like this might be a book some men might want to read these days. This is $24.99. All right, next are four number one issues of new series. We have Deuce of Hearts number one from Vault by Ricardo Moe, Tony Gregori, Claudia Aguirre, and Ryan Ferrier. The first review of a Vault comic I ever did was Spiritus number one, which was in episode 405. And uh, ever since then, I'm taking a look at some of their output, and this one seems like something I want to read. They just need to update their site so I can link to them properly. Ugh, I don't like their site. All right, now this book, it says it's an adult-themed fantasy with a lot of fun and a cute dog sidekick. It's an offbeat premise, it feels like. It has to do with an app and a Faustian kind of deal. I read a few reviews and they are praising it for the surprise of it being very fun and surprisingly action-oriented. So not much more to say about it other than I kind of want to give it a read. We have Force Number 1 from Action Lab by Mr. Sean Pryor and B. Alex Thompson with art by Jay Reed, and it is all about the ins and outs and behind the scenes of a quarterback named Mr. Terrence Wright. And uh, everything that goes on things that go on that we may not know about in uh, the football league. And uh, this is something that Sean has really been pushing, so I had to give it a nod, and I'm looking forward to getting that in my DCBS shipment. We have Fallen Suns, number one. This is Chapter House's new sci-fi epic series, written by Van Jensen, with art by Neil Collier and Leila Del Duca, with cover art by Miko Maxlazic. I don't think I've reviewed any comic by Chapter House, and it's sci-fi, which I'm like, sure, I'll read that. And the premise sounds kind of interesting, you know, an alien coming to Earth, giving a warning, but he manages to leave a, a trail of destruction across the planet. And, you know, while they're trying to unravel the whole mystery, they're wondering, is it really a warning, or do they need to get this alien's help to protect Earth? And, uh, like I said, new number one, new publisher I haven't read before, so I thought I would throw it on the list so that I can, number one, remind myself, but also give a recommendation. And then Port of Earth, number one, from Image Comics, another sci-fi book. This is by Zach Kaplan, with art again by Andrea Muti. And this is a story that imagines what happens if aliens come to Earth not in war or peace, but with a business deal to open up a spaceport. Of course, things go wrong, and it's all about having to uh, navigate 
and go after any rogue aliens that might try to escape from the port. So I thought that sounded kind of interesting. And then, just in time for the holidays, we have Humbug, the complete graphic novel by A.J. Gentile and Cosmo White, just because it's about as wacky a premise as you can get. Uh, We meet the world's first paranormal investigator, Mr. Ebenezer Scrooge. It's a revisionist take on Dickens' Christmas Carol, which answers the question, what happens to Scrooge the day after that oh-so-famous Christmas Eve intervention and his grave encounter from the other side? So you can sort of consider this like a Victorian Ghostbusters uh, traveling through London. It's $19.99. Okay, some metal tie-ins for November 8th. Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, 32, which is Bats Out of Hell Part 3. And then, of course, the Batman Lost one-shot, which I'm hearing is super important, so I can't wait to read that. We have some Marvel Legacy titles with Daredevil 595, Master of Kung Fu 126, which is just a one-shot, Moon Knight 188, and She-Hulk 159, all of those starting a new Marvel Legacy storyline. And then another anniversary issue with Wonder Woman 34, which is the 700th issue. The most celebrated graphic novel ever, Watchmen. Now the Watchmen characters in the DC Universe come together for the first time. DC proudly presents Doomsday Clock. Jeff Johns, Gary Frank, a 12-issue comic book series. Get issue number one at a comic shop near you. And lastly, we get to November 15th, and we are now all caught up. We get another resource book, and one that is sort of near and dear uh, to my heart. We have Harvey Comics Companion, a soft cover from Bear Manor Media by Mr. Mark Arnold. So think of characters like Casper, Baby Huey, Little Audrey, Herman and Catnip, and the character that most likely got me started uh, reading comics in the first place, Richie Rich. So Mark Arnold is a Harvey expert, and he finally tells the complete story of Alfred Harvey's amazing company that started in 1941 in comics and television and elsewhere. And this resource is $39. From Image Comics, we have Evolution Number 1 by James Asmus, Joseph Keating, Christopher Sabella, and Joshua Williamson, with art by Joe Infernari. Human evolution has taken millions of years to get to this stage, but next week, we become something new. Around the world, humanity is undergoing rapid and unpredictable changes, and only three individuals seem to notice that their world is being reborn. But what can they do about it? This is an oversized debut issue for $3.99. One of the little prologue stories takes place in Philadelphia, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, I don't know much more about it. I just thought it was, again, one of those number one issues of a series that uh, had enough of a draw for me to put down and think about reading for a later review. And finally, a soft cover trade of Butcher Baker Righteous Maker by Joe Casey and Mike Huddleston collecting eight issues for $17.99. It is dirty. It is funny. It is not what I expected. It's American Flag meets Casanova by way of Lobo. 
I don't know if that's right, but that's what I feel like it is. It's been a while since I've read it. I loved it, though. It introduced me to Mike Huddleston's artwork, and the story is just bonkers. So, uh, again, links in the show notes. Check this one out. See if something. See if it's something that you might like. All right, the metal tie-ins for this week. Batman Who Laughs one-shot, which I have to imagine is also very important. And then Justice League 33, which is the Bats Out of Hell finale, which means I need to think about doing another breakdown tie-in episode pretty soon. Marvel Legacy, we have Ben Riley Scarlet Spider, number 10, which is the return of the Slingers. Doctor Strange 381, which is the Loki Sorcerer Supreme storyline, uh, the first part of that. Not Brand Eck, number 14, which is a one-shot. Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man 297, Punisher 218, which is Frank Castle War Machine, and Secret Warriors number 8. And then DC's third anniversary issue is Batman 35, which is the 800th issue. Whew, there you go. Catching up on the last three new comics Wednesdays. By the way, there's going to be another Legion Project episode Legion Project Episode 4 coming soon as I am editing it as I speak. Well, not as I speak, but at this time. And if you don't know, surprise, surprise, Adam Murdo and I dropped a Crisis Tapes episode. Crisis Tapes Episode 16, taking a look at Crisis on Infinite Earths Number 4, Issue 4, Part 1. So take a look at that on the CGS website. And eventually I'll drop that here uh, on the Daily Rios website as well. All right, you know where to get a hold of me. Peter at thedailyrios.com, Twitter, website, Google Play, Stitcher, yada, yada, yada. That's it for today. Talk to you soon.